Welcome to each and every one this morning, or this evening rather. It's a fine day outside and it's a fine day inside. Amen. We're happy to be here and to gather together once again in the house of God. Aren't you thankful for that power in the skies that we can just ride on the winds of faith? Amen. God is here to raise us higher. Welcome Holy Spirit. We are in your presence, fill us with your power, oh, live inside of me, oh, welcome Holy Spirit, oh,
I look back on history. I see the mighty God of He can part the Red Sea today. He can do whatever he's done and he can do more. Amen. He can do more than we can even ask or think. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Brother Norm Wood, could I ask you to come up and lead us in prayer? Sing that chorus one more time. And just so wonderful to, to know him. Amen. To know him as a one true and living God in reality and in truth. So wonderful just to see him move on the scene as Brother Branham said. You ought to see him ride forth in battle. Amen. He's fighting our battles. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing this together as Brother Norm comes. Oh, the same God who spoke to the woman evening Lord just thanking you Lord for your grace your mercy and think of that each morning father all the things that we're thankful for Lord you've given us so much and Lord that 
we didn't even deserve it, but you've given us houses, you've given us jobs, you've given us all these things, Lord, you've given us health, and Lord, what more could we ask for, but you're on the scene doing for us, Lord, what we don't even think of sometimes. Just ask now, you might forgive us and be in our midst, Lord, where we've maybe stepped out of line or done things incorrectly, Lord, just be in our midst, forgive us, Father. Ask now that you'd be in our midst, just be with our brother leading songs, be with our brother bringing the word this evening for their Father, that it would speak to our hearts, and Lord, you know what we need, and we're just asking you would bring that forth to us. Speak to us, Lord, that we could receive your word and just benefit from it. We just ask your blessings to be upon this place now, on your people, on your ministry, Father. Be with each one, be with those that maybe have needs, Lord, not written in, but needs are there. We know that, Lord, many of them here around the world. Ask you just be in our midst now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats tonight. Thank you, Brother Norm. Appreciate that. Appreciate our brother so much. Faithful soldier. God shines through his children. Amen. We have a friend of sister, close friend of sister Judy Florence here, sister uh, Faye Wallace. Nice to have you here this evening. God bless you. And I guess we've got uh, young people's this Friday, this Friday, so Friday at uh, 7 p.m. Um, and there's no age limit, but if you're a young person, you're welcome. Let's put it that way. Um, so, yeah, this Friday at 7 p.m. for the young folks. Amen. We're looking forward. I'm sure we'll be looking forward to that. Haven't had one for a while. Amen. Isn't he wonderful? Wonderful. Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Is it isn't he wonderful, oh wonderful, wonderful, isn't he just my Lord, wonderful, I can see it has heard what's reported in God's word, isn't he just my Lord, wonderful, So, sorry. It's all I can do is sing the chorus. Praise God. We make a joyful noise. We love to praise the Lord. I've been having this song go through my mind, and I, just, I know we haven't sang it here for a long time. Sorry, Brother Ben, but I'm sure you know it. It's only trust Him, only trust Him. I don't even know the number. I just, it just came to me. Yes, that's the one. He of F. 
Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the order of the service. We'll invite Brother Murphy to come. Maybe we could just sing this together as he's coming. Where there's a deep, deep calling, there's a deep, deep to respond. We haven't sang that for a while either, but why? Where there's a deep, deep calling, there's a deep, deep
not our desire for it is to take it as home. Well, let's just turn to the scripture all together. We just want to go directly to the word. Um, book of John, chapter 6, verse uh, 27. It's good to be back to the house uh, of the Lord again. You know, the same cycle as uh, every time when we hear the good word, we always uh, want to hear something more. Uh, I believe that God has something more for us if we have the desire for that. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 6. Uh, just uh, uh, one verse. Uh, verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him has God the Father sealed. Uh, let's turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are sin, but at the things which are not sin. For the things which are sin are temporal, but the things which are not sin are eternal. Oh, let's just bow our head again. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we have opened up the secret word. Lord, but it's take you to open up yourself to us. We pray that you open up yourself and reveal yourself to us. We don't want to just read the word. We don't want the word to just... Uh, Confined in the letter form, we wanted the word to become a personal to us. So, Lord, we ask you to speak to our heart. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. If you can give me a, a, some volume here, I, I just uh, got my voices back. Uh, the last few days, uh, uh, got a little cold and uh, completely lost my voice. Uh, so uh, it seems like the just the voices started coming back to me. So if you can uh, forgive me, I might not. I have to uh, probably be quiet uh, uh, tonight. This is probably the only time I'll be a, uh, a little, little quiet, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, so um, uh, I want to uh, continue the, uh, the subject that the last time I uh, sp- spoke that a few weeks ago, uh, City of Refuge. Uh, the same cycle of the scripture we just read, maybe a little odd. Uh, from the, the subject, that, uh, but uh, we'll see if the Lord's willing, and I'll try to uh, go into uh, that the subject. And so uh, when the words that we just read, and Jesus said, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life. And you know, in this, uh, on this earth, uh, there is uh, many things that we're um, uh, seeking or that the people are laboring. Uh, actually, they're not laboring things that will last forever. Uh, there are labor and things that is very, very temporal. And so it's only, um, uh, you know, no matter as uh, the things that we use, uh, the house that we live, the car that we drive, the clothes that we wear, uh, you find out that there's that ex- uh, 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 expirational uh, date of it. It's only last, um, uh, probably the maximum, last about all the years uh, that you can uh, live on this earth. 
And uh, after that, you know, all the things that expired. The clothes has an expiring day. The food has an expiring day. The, the car that you drive, everything. If we consider if they have an expiring day, that means that those, things, uh, those things are temporal. And so that even um, uh, our family life and uh, the job that you do and uh, everything that we consider is so uh, precious on this earth, you'll find out uh, before you know it and that it's all come to expiration. It was because that everything that we're having on this earth that we saw is all uh, temporal. And so that's why the, the Jesus said to them, said, labor not for the meat which does it perish. In another word, labor not to the things that is all temporal. But there's something that's had an eternal value of it. And those are the things that we need and is necessary and is a behoof to us to put all our labor into it. To put all our effort into it. But you see, without the Lord to reveal that to us, we cannot even discern what is the eternal and what is the things that is the temporal. And so, so Jesus said over here, he said, for, for while we look not to the things which are sin, but at the things which are not sin. For the things which are sin are temporal, but the things which are not sin are eternal. And there are many things so that on this earth, if we can see it, it has the date of the end. But it's the things that we didn't see by our eyes, but we believe it by our faith, that we know that things is last for eternity. And God gave us a prepared place for us to go into that our physical eyes had never saw that, but He told us that is an eternal home that He's giving to us. And that there is an eternal realm that we never tapped into it, but we have to only believe by faith. But if faith is not just based on something uh, that is um, uh, uh, not, uh, just randomly asking us to have a faith, God give us a, a foundation of it. He give us the word. And so that we are not based on our faith on something that is uh, uh, just a virtue, but He give us sort of to base on the things that has been a reality to us. That's the reason He sent the prophet, and the prophet can go to the eternal realm and bring what is in that realm that is a reality, and come back to this earth and preach the word and God behind it, behind what He has to preach, and make it become a real to us to vindicate what He has to preach, and that's. Uh, give it us the confidence that we know he's not just a preaching the, the word but he's give us a, something that has the foundation that is a reality to it and if we're not careful we can easily be better temporal things that is on this earth that be distracted and take our all focus uh, away and uh, that's why in the book of the Hebrew the chapter 11 and it talking about the Moses and it is said by faith, Moses, when he was come to the years, refused to be called the son of a Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Moses got to the revelation. He knew what he saw, that though there is a, a, 
a throne list is waiting for him. Uh, there is uh, the, the greatest nation that on that earth that is uh, waiting for uh, He was uh, going to sit on the throne and to the uh, people that he's going to the, uh, conquer and to the rule. Though all those things that uh, he saw that, but his eyes way pass beyond to the, what his, his eyes saw. But it's his face. God has revealed that to Moses that he saw something different than everybody else saw. And then he doesn't want to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. You know, sin is a pleasure. You cannot deny that. And um, for the, uh, I'll say that for our young people uh, especially, and uh, they are going to work and they're going to uh, into the world, uh, there's a temptation. Uh, the things that are the same cycle, many things uh, they can uh, achieve. Uh, they, the, the best things we can say are the, the drugs, the, 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 the alcohol, and uh, the, the cigarettes, uh, the, the woman, the lust, and all those things. What we consider those things has no attraction. What we consider those things that are absolutely disgusting. But you know, for the young people, that is not. I know you're going to be quiet of this because most of the choir people, uh, either young people don't want to admit it or the older people they hate, to, uh, hate to admit that that's the truth. But you see, those sin that's on this earth have that attraction to the young people. And to the adults, to the people that's born again, there's no attraction to it. And even you put the drugs in front of me, it doesn't bother me. You know, that's the people that are smoking the cigarettes and walking in front of me. There's no pleasure in that. And the Lord has to take that other pleasure completely out of me. But not for the young people. For the young people, they go on on this earth. If they don't have the experiences of the born again, sin has a pleasure to them. And to all watching the things that they shouldn't watch, they enjoy that to watch it. You cannot say they don't enjoy it. Though they didn't enjoy it until afterward, they might be feel regret. But in that season, they enjoy that. Every same for the young people when they the sin, when they do that, they know that this is wrong. For a season, they enjoyed it. No matter what the hangover afterward, they feel regret, they feel sorry, they beat it on the little wall. But in that season, that is a pleasure to them. And to the watching the, the, the pornography for the, the young boy, there's a pleasure in that. Because of the, and even that for a season, they will go for it. Even that's only just for a season of time. And they know afterward that the hungover on them, it was so bad, they have to repent, and they regret, then beating their head on the wall. But for that little season, they will go for it. And to the forward to go to a visitor to the friends and to, the, to be gathered around to visit the friends uh, that they know is the wrong friendship. But because they wanted acceptance, they wanted to uh, go to the party and different things. And that even they know just for a season, but they will go for it. Even they know after that, they will regret. Afterward, they have to face their parents. They have to come into the church. They have to facing the preacher preaching almost to the uh, uh, skin to them. And that, uh, the, the word of God deserves their situation, deserves what they do. And that they regret it at the pounding that at the altar. They come to repentance. But, that's, but if you give them the chance of again, if they're not born again, they will for that season, they will go do it. Because sin for them, there is a pleasure in it. Though it is temporal, 
but they will suffer, they will sacrifice their eternity that will go for the sin that's just for a season. Because they never had the born again experience with them. When they don't have that experience, no matter how they come to the church, no matter how they're born in a message of believers' home, no matter how their parents are godly, no matter how the word that they're preaching in power and they're preaching in the strength, but if you give them, if the environment is immature, if, that, that, uh, if the, the things that, that they are, they're in their work, in their job, or in their in the sacred time, give them that for, for a seasonal uh, pleasure. And they will sacrifice everything else instead of go for it. They might control themselves not to do it for a time. They might control themselves not to do it for a day, for a month, maybe for a year. But the one that Satan that is seeking the right opportunity is coming around them and to make the situation, make the environment, and make the atmosphere just the right, not just right, just as the evil. But it was so subtle he can make it available for them if they don't have something that is holding them for that seasonal pleasure. They will go for it. You can take it away to the device that it will cost them to do the sinful act. But you cannot take away the desire to forward out a seasonal pleasure away. When they have a chance, they will do it. Because there is nothing in them to hold them. So God is not only just to try to reform a person... It's not just to try to reform uh, our young people and our children. Uh, that can, uh, you, you can apply this to every aspect of our life. It's not only it's just isolated for the young people. And some people, they have a temper, like a Brother Bram said, like fighting, uh, fighting the, uh, a, buzzing, uh, a buzzing saw. I, I don't know how, how high temper uh, that is. But, you know, uh, if they are not to be transformed, that the nature hasn't been transformed yet, they will fight uh, the bus saw. And uh, uh, it will explode. And we just, uh, that was just uh, the human uh, nature is in there. But you see, when God, he doesn't do the reformation. What, but God was doing, he doing the transformation. So he's not just uh, taking it away and trying to tell them, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. This is not right for you to do. But he takes uh, the desire of the, the pleasure away from us. Though there is a still has the pleasure later in there, but when you experience something that is way higher and way glorious than that, all those things that seems like a pleasure, you will find out it's actually become disgusting. One that the born again experience that they hit the person, you don't need to tell them this is wrong, you shouldn't do it. When they look at the woman wearing the shorts, they would turn their eyes away from them. And when they have the, the, the cigarettes that are offered to them and they feel disgusting, they will push it to the back. What is that? It's not because of the pleasure has taken it away. It's the desire of the pleasure God has taken that away. The pleasure is still as a pleasurable just to anybody else, just to any person. But to you, it becomes different. The things that they used to do, that the drug that has has an attraction along you, and the compromise around the word, and the cigarettes, and the different things, and all those type of things that they used to, that attracted you. But when God goes into you, He changed your nature. When your nature is changed, then your desire for the pleasure, He took it away. 
And no matter what temptation is coming before you, that temptation lost it of the pleasure of you. And it takes the spirit of God in you to do it. And if you only allowed him to do it. And the Brother Ramah said that an ensign, he's talking about that it's the earth. And he said, uh, he talked about a man. He said he's to try many achievements. He's tried to achieve this uh, through a science. And that every time that he moves through science, he only destroyed himself. That was what is a man that tried to do. He said, yet, temporarily, it helps him. But in the long run, it destroys him. In other words, that Satan would design the things. Though it is a temporarily, it's temporal, but a temporal things can help other a people too. Who would say the medication is not a helping people, but it's a temporal? That a chemo can help people, but it's a temporal. And whatever things that they let you go to have the job, you do uh, live in a life, um, and that the car, so that what you drive, the house that we live, those things that can help us, but those things are temporal. But when the things is the temporal, what is Satan? It was so subtle as he makes the temporal things looks like, sounds like, gonna be eternal. He looks at the things that that's are very temporal that are on this earth, but seemingly those things can help people. And then if those things are the helping of the people, then the people, if they're not be careful, they look on that, depending on that, they think the temporal things that it can help them and it can become an eternal. It can help them forever, but which is not true. Temporal things is only temporal. Only the things that God gives to us through the word, which is the eternal, that will last forever. But Satan was a subtle and it even used to the church to make the temporal things seemingly helping us. But it looks like it are helping things and to make the people without believing the word. But the Bible said that the God of this evil age. Uh, he's talking about the church. He said she's the devil's bride wrapped in his religion and the same loving knowledge for this present evil age to deceive you. He said that a whole clique of denomination of seducing spirits by scientific knowledge under the modern civilization. He said that we're going to close just in a few minutes. He said I'm going to have to stop because I can't get through it at all. But claiming that she is building a great world for you to live in. She claims that in her civilization she has built fine churches college, school, hospital, libraries, and a temporarily help for, for men, but without God's word. She's done it. And then it says in this God of the evil age. Then it said, and then they've educated them by a modern civilization that's brought them into the pit of death by knowledge away from God. And his word. He said that she has built all these things for temporal help of man. Just enough to deceive them. To get off of that word. Amen. Think about how subtle that a Satan is. He built up those temporal help. Which are helping people. 
enter the use of the church to help people. Use of the denomination, the theology school, and all kinds of things. It's built up a hospital, the library, and everything. And it was an intending to help people. But it's a temporary help. But just enough to deceive them to get off of that word. Why he do that? Because he led the people to depending on the temporary help instead of the God's eternal help. What we need is not just temporary help, but what we need is an eternal help. And only the word of God will give us eternal help. So what is the purpose of a Satan? He throws those temporary helps and to the people and to deceive the real believer so that they're not relying on God's vindicated word, but they're relying on their intellectual. And it's been like a temporary, just a safe place for God's children so that they can run to there. But the devil used that and the wounded the people to sleep and had a false security feeling and be satisfied and in just a head knowledge. Be satisfied and just had a friendship from the believers and accepting them in the end. Just had the feeling of the religious excitement. But in reality, their life is not a matching with the gospel. So those things are a temporary help. Coming to church, that is a temporary help. But coming to church needs you to have the one purpose. That purpose is for that person to be con- to be uh, eternally that has an experience with God and meet God so they will never be the same. That's why Brother Bram said, it's going to come out of it, people. Don't you be caught in there. You get away from the thing as quick as you can. When, those, when you saw there's even just a just, uh, temporary help, no matter it's for the religion, no matter it's just a church, no matter it's for a society or a community or whatever, but those things only are temporary help. What do the people are need is to vindicate the word in this hour and they receive it and that they do not rest day and night until they met God in the reality way. But it looks like that the people that in this age, they are very much satisfied with just temporary relief. And instead of a permanent cure, they just wanted the trouble sometime to be lifted just for a while. And they're satisfied. I think I remember I preached it before. And it was just like, a, just like a riding on the bus. Riding on the bus, you go along. You come from, from Vancouver and all the way uh, if to Alanley. There was a bus uh, a road. And there were many, many stops that are in between. It depends on that a person, where his destination is. If a person's destination is in Burnaby, he will get off the bus in Burnaby. Because that's where he lives. That's where he goes to work. But if somebody is in a Surrey, he will get off the bus in a Surrey, in a central city. Because that's where he's going to work. That's where the home is. That's where his destination is. But if my home is in Langley, that's my destination. I need you to get until to my destination. No matter how many people in between has to get off the bus. But that's not my destination. Let us understand that the bride of Jesus Christ, we're not settled just for temporary help. 
We're not just to settle for temporary. Our troubles been lifted. Our marriage life has been held. Our children come to the church, goes to the school. Then we have an intellectual conception. That is not our destination. Our destination is to be sitting on the soil. <laughs> Many people, that is their stop. And when they come to their stop, they just get off to the bus. They just go home because that's, that's their destination. But for the bride of Jesus Christ, we can only go to the destination when the word of God fulfilled in this hour, when we're sitting in the throne with our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And because of their people, their people, they just want to temper to help. And so that's what they did. And when they're going through the, the problem, they're coming to the church. They're coming to the, the message. They're coming to the, the word. They're seeking for an answer, which is the, absolutely the right. We need to seek an answer that end the message. Then it's an hour. But it's not just seeking the, the message when the, the problem will start to solve a little bit. Then we feel, okay, that we arrived. We're not arrived. And for the problem to be lifted and we got to the temporary cure of it, that is just a temporary help. But all we need, we need to continue on. And for our children, it's like that. And for our family, it's like that. Everything that we will do, we have one purpose. And that purpose is to, to have the, the body change. To the, until the, the rapture happens, then we're going to the, the heaven. That is our eternal dwelling place. But before that had happened, all on this earth, it was just temporarily. But if there is no uh, permanent to the cure, then we can be settled in the uh, temporary. If there are, uh, that's an excusable. But when we have all the blessing, when we have all the rights, when we have all the authority, when God gives us everything that has an end of the message, Brother Brandon, many times, he says that the Pentecostal sky, there was a full of all this blessing. And there's the sonship, there's a title deed. Then the lost, that can be restored. Then the sickness, that can be healed. And for the people that have been led in captivity, that they can be restored, that can be delivered. When we have a full of a Pentecostal sky, that are full of all of the blessing, why we settle just for something that's a temporary? Were we not believing that not only that our children and that we get saved, why don't we believe in our children will go to the rapture and sit down at the table of the Lamb's wedding just as the parents do? Why are we not believing that our brothers, the EBA, that the Lord will open up his eye in this meeting? And sometimes we're giving it too much because we saw too much. We suffer failure too much. We suffer setback too much. Then we take something that is a temporary just for, okay, that's about it. That's it. That's what we believe. Why can't we believe that, that our sister Clara, that the Lord can come on the sin and it can restore another woman, that it take away, that drive away the cancer cell, that it completely restored her. If God can heal her once, God can heal her the second time. 
Why can't we not believe that your sister Raina is still in the hospital? The doctor said that the surgery is not very successful. Then the blockage is there, that the wound is not healing. Why can't we not believe when there's a full of blessing in the Pentecostal sky that the Lord will come on the scene? If God can heal her once, God can heal her a second time. Sometimes we take the temporary thing, just make it as to become, okay, well, that's, a, that's just what we have to accept. We don't have to accept because God is not giving us the temporary things, but he gave us the things that are eternal. He gave us the things that will last forever. He gave us the things that have a permanent cure of that. <coughs> Excuse me. It depends on what we have saw. And when we look at the Bible, when Eliezer defines it to Rebecca, and what he gave to Rebecca was just a gift. But Rebecca is not just settled under the little gift that Eliezer gave it to, gave it to her. Eliezer is coming on one purpose, is to bring her to seed Isaac. Then we have the one purpose that God sent to the prophet to us. It's not led us to the settle, just in it going to the church, but it led us to have the true experience with the Lord. And then it takes us to the back to be united with our Isaac, Jesus Christ, because that's her destination. And nobody go with her, but only she herself that will go with the servant. What she needs is not just a gift, she needed a marriage, a union. They become a one with what she loved. And what we need is a marriage, a union, that with the word of a God, that become a one with the word. Because the word is our bridegroom. And a Boaz and a Ruth. It's not that it's just a Ruth to get a handful of a purpose. It's like a word not coming to the church to just get a handful in purpose to hear the, the sermons that I can see logically from the beginning to the end. Can I tingle on our year? That's not it. We're coming here to meet God. We're coming here to say, Lord, I need your healing. Lord, I need to heal my soul. Lord, I'm not in what I ought to be. But Lord, this is the day I want to meet you. This is the day that I want my life to be changed. This is the day I want my nature to be changed. And this is the day I want that in my situation, that in my family, in my marriage, and in my home, that in my children, I need that to be changed. Not just for a temporary relief, but for a permanent cure. Ruth it is the purpose of her destination. It's not just for a temporary, just handful in purpose. What she needed is the kinsman redeemer. And when Naomi told her that we have the nearest of the kinsman, then she right away she go to the defeat of the Boaz. Because that's what her destination is. I'm thinking, what is the destination of the bride of Jesus Christ? That's what our destination is. We're not just taking a temporary just for an answer. Our destination is to go to the feet of our Boaz. To lay everything done and say to our Jesus, the Lord, I need a redeemer. You've been a redeemer to the group of people, but not me. I want to be, meet you in a personal way. Yeah. And then in the roost, when the Boaz said to her, said, uh, and then she said, I need to the kingsman. The Redeemer, then the voice said, I perceive that you are virtuous of the woman. 
you'll find out that there's a two-way claiming. It's not only just the one person claim. It has to be the two. If the Lord are coming in this age, He claiming us, that it says that we belong to Him, that we must also to claim, said the Lord, you belong to me. And when the, when the Lamb that opened up the, the book, and it said to the John, said, go take the, the book. And then the John must respond and come back and said, give me that book. So that the claim is on the both ends. It's on a two-way. Even like the, the Rebecca and to the go to the seed of Isaac, that Eliezer, the servant, must have said to the Rebecca, said, do you want to go? Then she must have answered, said, yes, I want to go. So when we talk about a claim, and it's not only just the one way, it has to be the two way. They both claim in each other. So what in the loser's time, what they have to receive is a partial. They receive the, if I can say that it was just a temporary. They have to, the, they receive the justification. The Wesley's time, they receive the sanctification. But that's a temporary. But then the Pentecostal time, they receive the speaking in tongue. They receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But in this hour, what we received is the personal life of Jesus Christ. That person has come coming down in this hour. So what he given it to us is not something just a partial. It's not just the gift that he gave it to us. He gave it to the person of Jesus Christ that he gave it to us. If that person has been given it to us, the word itself has come into the fullness and come into us, then we can claim everything. If you give it just a partial, you can only claim partial. If you're going to give it just 10%, you can only claim 10%. But in this age, it's not only just given a justification, sanctification, that are the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave us everything that it is our, he said, this is all to you. And then we must claim everything that he gave it to us. Because if you only claim a partial of it, you're not fulfilling the promise. So in order of fulfilling the, the promise, you must claim what in this hour the Lord has given to you. And in this hour, he said, I give you everything. Amen. In the Bible, the book of the Romans, 8 and 15, it said, For ye have not received the spirit of a bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What God gave it to us, he gave it a spirit out of adoption. He said, well, he is our father. And we can cry it out. Then we need to claim, Lord, if you promise that, that is it belongs to me. I'm not going to live the life that I'm under privilege. I'm going to live to match what the privilege that you've given it to me. And at 18, 16, it said, the spirit in itself bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. If he has said that, then it is to behoove to us that I need to claim what he has said to be the truth. And if a children, then heirs, heirs of a God, and a joint heir with Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 7, Wherefore, though I no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. 
That means that everything that what God has promised to us, it all belongs to us. Why? Because you are heir of it. In the possessing of all things. He said not just one thing, but all things. Everything is under your feet. Even death is under your feet. Grave is under your feet. Hell is under your feet. Sin is under your feet. Everything is under your feet. You are an heir. It's not because that I'm good. It's not because we have that ability. It's not how much holy that I'm able to live. But I'm an heir of holiness. I'm an heir of power. I'm an heir of authority. I'm an heir to put sin under my feet. I'm not heir to put the lust under my feet. I'm not heir to put a depression under my feet. Because that's my property. He said, you are dead, and your life is a hit in God through Jesus Christ, and you are rose again to an eternal life. Not temporary, but eternal life. If there's something that's eternal, then why we need it a temporary? Temporary things only help us go through this life, but our destination is our eternal life. He said, and is sitting in heavenly place in Christ Jesus. When? Right now. And that's our position. What is in a heavenly place? Recognize that our position in Jesus Christ. He has died. He has to pay the price. That we are drawn air with him. Think about the other position that the Lord had given it to us. Don't let us live a life that under the privilege that He given it to us. We need to live a life and match the gospel. Are you worthy living a life for the gospel? If we didn't match with the full potential that the Lord has given it to us, I couldn't say that we're matching our life and matching the gospel. Because if our life and matching the gospel, then whatever the gospel the Lord has given it to us, the promise it to us, it all belongs to us. We cannot just settle for less. As I was saying, that our position that the Bible had taught us is to be sitting in the throne that in with Jesus Christ. And Brother Adam said, How can it overcome? He talked about that, uh, that mother of James and John. It was quite inspiring to me when I heard, when I saw that. He said, You know, one time, he said, A mother of James and John. We won't have time to read it, but the mother of James and John came and asked for this place. He said, you remember that? He said, she said, the Lord, let my son sit on one side and my other son sit on the other. There is a mother's desire for her son. I was thinking about it, what a mother. And we're sometimes making it in a derogatory way. I said that even the disciples... They're mad at it about, uh, I don't know if they're mad about the mother or mad at it about the James and John. But they're mad at it about it. But think about this mother. This mother said, let my son sitting on the side, one on right, one on left. Why our mother pray like this? You look at me funny. I was thinking, one our mothers have ever asked us such a thing. 
Thinking about it, I don't want to mention the name of the year. But if we're aware of the mother coming up to the Jesus, I have to maybe to mention it. Maybe I'll just say the Lord and my wife uh, just go ask Jesus, that Abraham sit on your right. Brother Tom said, what about me? <laughs> Brother Tim said, who's on the left? And maybe I only got one place uh, that's the left for me. But you see, that mother had a desire. And she wanted her son be sitting on the right and on the left. Amen. She doesn't ask her, give my son the promotion. She never asked her, let my son go to UBC. Or let my son go to a certain, certain university and do something. And give, me a, give my son a career. Let, let, her, let him become a millionaire. Let my son become a pastor. Let my son become a deacon. That's probably the highest that we could ever ask. Oh, let my son become a deacon like a song leader. But this mom asked something great. Let my son sitting on your right. And I got this two sons. Let my other son sitting on the left. Who's on the left? Who's on the right? It doesn't matter as long as it is sitting there. That is a mother's desire. I was thinking about when sometime we can do that. Lord, let my son, let my daughter sit as close as he can be to you. Because on the right side, on the right, on the left side, that is the closest that they can get. If we can ever have the revelation that this mom, Lord, let my children sitting as close as they can be to you. How much closer to the world, to the other things, I don't care. But as long as it is sitting close to you. But Abraham said, he said, but watch. He said, but that place, sitting on the right and to the left, Jesus said, was a predestinated. He said, this position was not in existence at that time. Think carefully and think deeply. The mom has asked the, the highest thing that can ever ask. But Jesus said, it's not it belongs to your son yet. It's not it belongs to Jim. It's not it belongs to the John. Don't put that place. It's the rightful place. There is a place on the right. There is a place on the left. It doesn't mean that that place doesn't exist. He said that that place is an exist. But it's not for you. Because he said, but that place, that Jesus said, was a predestinated. He said that the position was not in existence at that time. Why? Notice that he will be granted to them who it is meant to be. Somebody going to sit in on the right hand side of Jesus and on the left hand side of Jesus. And that time is not in existence yet. But now that time, that place is in existence. It's for somebody to sit in there. He said that the one to sit at the right hand and to the other closest to him was a yet an overcomer. And in another word, he has to be an overcomer to sitting in that place. And what place? It's the closest to place. It's the closest to Jesus Christ. But he has an ordained, and that place is for the last day 
message a believer. I'll prove it to you that night. And the brother Branham said, I don't, he said, Jesus said, I don't grant this. He said, I can't grant this, but it will be given after the trial come. Because it has to be given to the overcomer. If it is given to the overcomer, it must be overcome sometime. They have to overcome the trial. What trial? Not trial in Luther's age. Not trial in the Wesley's age. Not trial in the time of the before. Be thrown into the arena and the feeding for the line. It's to have to overcome the trial that in this age. And what is the trial in this age? But Abraham said that the great burden of the last age is that the pressure of a riches, soft living, and nervous tension in the complex of the age. That throne, that place, so the closest to Jesus is to give it to the, the people that overcome in this age. It overcome the trial that is in this age. And Brother Bram said that we seem unfitted to live it in. It's to give it to the, the people has overcome the trial, the characteristic that Brother Bram has mentioned, that the pressure of a riches. If there are any age that have the more pressure of riches in this age, and a soft of the living, and a nervous attention in a complex day, thinking about what you're going through. And we're thinking about it, we're not as much as good as those people that strode into the arena. But isn't that the prophet said, their way to understand, to know that it's the same face that they have, that they have to overcome the lions, the mouths, and the, the, the spirit of that age. That is the same face that you have that lets you to overcome what you are right now. It's at this age that it becomes the most of the depression age, the age of an anxiety, the age of a nervous. But let me say to you, the believer overcome that. There's a no such a thing in the Johnson age. There's a no such a thing for anxiety or this and that. What it had in that in those uh, in those ages before, but it become a characteristic in this age. You don't have to overcome the lines and the mouth. But you can overcome the characteristic in the trial in this hour. Then I was thinking about the, the people that are in our church and are sitting right in the congregation. And by the grace of God, they have overcome the depression. That is the same face that making a polycar and all those sins that have given up in our life. There's no difference. And that's an overcomer. And it's the spirit that in this hour, that it give us the faith and the grace and to save us from chasing after money. Is that an overcomer? Oh, see, that is an overcomer too. It's the spirit that God, the Holy Spirit, that in this hour, to make it our young people and to make our older people alike, not to the chasing after the world, not chasing after the career. That shows that you are an overcomer. If you are an overcomer of the trial, then you will be granted the space or the position to sitting in the throne with Jesus Christ. Let me just mention some more here. And then thinking about it just a year ago. One of the people that they go on the street to protest, 
Then I have a this and that and all kinds of things. And it said that the Black Lives Matter and all kinds of things that are put in front of the people. But I will say we have overcomer that are in our church. They're not going on the street to the wisdom. They're not taking the leverage and trying to take advantage and make that a personal gain. They're staying in the pot. That shows only one thing, that you are not from this world. You are from another world. You have a right to do so. And you have a leverage to do so. You could do that, but you forfeited it out. What is the show? Shows that you came from another world. I'm thinking about our brothers from America. And the one day that we support this and the politics and the politicians. But they're not a go for it. They're not making it a big issue. They're not making it become a we support the Trump, we support this and that. They do the one thing. We are coming from another world. We're don't doing all these politics things. That shows the one thing. That shows that you are an overcomer. And think about some of your parents. That your children is not sitting here. But you are sitting here day in, day out. Day in, day out. Not sitting as a lock. Not only just claiming your children. But you do everything to support the word of God. What that shows? That shows you coming from another world. First John 2.14 I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. What does a strong mean? Strong is either in body or in mind of a one who has the strength of soul to sustain the attack of Satan. Strong and therefore excavating many excellence. I will say that that scripture that is fulfilled. When you are strong, standing on God's word, you go through the test. That only shows one thing. You are coming from another world. If you are coming from another world, you will go back to that world. He said, and the word of God abides in you. And he have overcome the wicked one. He said, ye are of God, little children. And I've overcome them because the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The overcomer is not only just to live a happy life that are on this earth. It's not just to lead to live a church life that are on this earth. But God has, Jesus had to promise us that we were sitting in the throne with him. But if I'm not continuing to say and how not overcome. He said, I can't give this. But after the trial come, they will sit on the right hand and on the left. It has to take the trial that will come. And the one we overcome it, and then we can sitting on the throne. He said, sitting on the right hand and sitting on the left. What is the difference between left and right? And we probably think, okay, on the right, that means the power. That means the strength of the God. And I will say, his left, just as precious as his right. Jesus' power, 
just as precious, just as powerful as is a weakness. When he on the cross, in his weakness in the moment, he's just as powerful as he's on the right hand side. His humble part is just as precious as his powerful part. His death is just as powerful as his life. His agony in Gethsemane is just as powerful as he's on a month of transfiguration. When you're sitting on his right, you are just as powerful. But when you sit on his left, it is seemingly in your most weakest moment, but it's still just as powerful. No matter you sit on the right or you're sitting on the left, his weakest point is his strongest point, just as powerful. Even you are a small child, even if you are the weakest link that in the whole body, but you are just as strong when you're sitting on his left and sitting on his right. It's an equal. There's no difference. But Abraham said that there is a predestinated seed waiting on yonder for that. You are the predestinated seed that God will eventually put you on the throne. It will be given to the one that it's a promise to. What he promised? He promised in this last age. He gives them a privilege to sitting in the throne with him. That's why I said what we have in the promise is not just to be saved. It's not just a, had a temporary relief. It's not just going to the temporary, just a safety. It's not just a heal. It's not just that we have to rejoice, just a good job or better pay or a nice family. But we're going home, sitting on the throne with him. He said that the test hasn't fell yet. It will fall in the future. What test? Test to stay true to his word. Test to hold true to what he has said. That's why, brother, brother, if we suffer for Christ and his word, we will reign with him for he is the word. Remember, if we suffer for him and his word, we will reign with him in his word. You must suffer going through the trial in order for you to become an overcomer. That's why Jesus said, are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized of the ways. He said, ye shall drink it indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized ways. But to sit on my right hand and on my left, left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is a prepared of my father. What is the preparement? Preparement is to level the road and make them passable. So it is not only you going through trial, but God has a prepared the road for you can go back home. He has a prepared the road that so that you can go through the trial. It's not a we alone try to go through the trial. It's not we alone try to holding true to God's word. But he has to prepare the road for you so that you are not alone. If we have a suffer with him, and we will sit in the throne with him. Brother Bram said, and how can I overcome? He said, this is the age of life. A personal life of Christ. 
and you look at the description of the book of Revelation, and every age, they must have an overcomer. Every age, they have an overcomer. But there is a position that will lead for the last age, people. There is a special place for them. It's not because I say it is a special, but God's word said there is a special place for all that overcomer. That is not a temporal. That is an eternal. That's why we labor not for the temporary, but we labor for that position that's in there. That position saved for a special group of a people. You're thinking about an inefficient. They have overcomer. What did overcomer give it to them? They eat of the tree of life. And in the smarter age, they have an overcomer. And it gave them a wearing, a crown of life. And in a Pergamos, giving them, they have an overcomer, an overcomer, giving them the heat of the heat of mana. And it gave them a white stone. And there's a new name. Is it written in there? What a glorious thing that is. And it read on, Thyatira, he said, give it an overcomer, a morning star. And that he shall rule them with the wrought iron. And that in the in the Sardius, in the overcomer, he said, I will give them a white raiment. And then in the, in the Philadelphia, he said, I will give them and let them become a pillar that in the temple. What a glorious position that he had. He said, I will write upon them the name of my God. What a glorious thing that is. But nothing compare with this last age. In this Laodicea, he said, to him, the overcomers, I'll grant them to sit with me. The closest place in my throne. To them, there's a train of life. There's a white stone. There's a remnant. And there's a pillar in the temple. But in the last age, he said, I will grant you to sitting with me in my throne. Why? Because in this age, it's the age of a personal life. It's in this age that our king that is coming down for his grand. He come in person. In this age, it's not a symbolic anymore. It's not just a white raiment. It's not a morning star. It's not a parable. But in this age, it's a face to face. In this age, he come in person. And in this age, he will take away his grin and say, you will sit with me as a person that is in my throne. Who will sit on the throne? Only the queen was sitting on the throne. Because in the Laodicean Synod Church, his brother Branham said, now then, there will not be one person who will sit in the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ unless he has been living that word. How can you live that word? Only when the word comes in person, coming to you. You receive him. You receive the word. You receive the life. You receive that person. Then you can live that word. He said that you will be granted only to the word bride. As the throne of the king is shared with the queen because she is united with him. United with will. With who? With Christ. With the word. When you united with him on earth, 
you were sitting in the throne with him. He said, so only thee who are of thy word, even as he is of thy word, will share that throne. That throne is only given to the queen. Only the queen is the closest position to Jesus Christ. In James and in John, when a mother cried, said, let my son sit on the right and sit on the left. But it was not be granted because of that place, the special place, was saved for a special group of other people. In this last age, it's not a parable, it's not, but it's a personal life of Jesus Christ that are coming to here and you open up yourself let him to sitting in your throne in your heart then he will unite as a bride and will never separate with him he said I will take you with me because you give me a place that in your heart I will give you a place right beside me that's not temporal that is an eternal that's why we labor. That's why we're going forward. That's why we're going to the different places. That's why Brother Tim going to Uganda, Ethiopia, and all those other places. What we try to do, we try to find the other seed of God so that they can sit together in the throne with Jesus Christ. What is not granted to the mother of Jim Jim of John, but that was granted to the last age of bride of Jesus Christ. That's why we're not a labor for the temporary thing, but we're a labor for the things so that is an eternal. We're not just for a temporary safety so that we can stay there. We want to go home. We're not just want to have a temporary blessing. We want to possess all our land. And the last time I was speaking about the city of the refuge. That isn't a shelter. That isn't a safety place for the person to run into. And when they run into that city of the refuge, they can be a, a, away from all harm and damage. And the, the, the avenger try to put it on them. But... That is only a temporary dwelling place. The city of the refuge that a person, the slayer, and purposely slays a lot of people, then he can run into there, but that's only for the temporary shelter, sort of for him. Though he stay there, he can stay safe, but he can never go back home. He can never cross the border. And as soon as they step in his one foot out of the city of the refuge, he will be killed. Because of an avenger is laying an ambush outside of the city. But there's a one under one condition in the numbers 3525. It said that a congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger, revenger of a blood. And a congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whither he was a fled, and he shall abide in unto. The death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil, because he should have remained in that city of his refuge until the death 
of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return into the land of his possession. In another word, he was sitting in a city of refuge. A day in and a day out. He's the safe. He's the safe. The avenger cannot go into the city to grab him out. And he can live in there as a shelter. And he was as safe as he can be. But he cannot cross it and go home. Day in, day out. The longer he stayed in that saved condition, the longing and desire he wants to go home. Because his wife is there. His children is there. All his family is there. Though himself is a saint, but in his heart, it's a longing that he can repossess his house. He can repossess that is the land. But he cannot go out of the city until the high priest dead. And when a high priest is dead, nobody expecting the high priest is dead. But this man that is in the city of a refuge, he was looking for that moment. It's not his ability, it's not his death, but it has to be the death of the high priest. When the high priest is dead, when that news, as soon as it reached to the city of a refuge, and everybody was lamenting, they're willing. And I can imagine the tear running down for this person that in the city of a refuge. He's saved, he's saved, but when he heard of the death, of the high priest with a tear running down. It's not sad, but it's a tear of joy because he can go home. The death of the high priest paved the road for him to get out of the saved condition but possess everything that belongs to him. And he can go out of the boundary before one step, step out of the boundary, that he will be killed. But now, by the death of the high priest, he can cross the boundary and nobody can say a word. The avenger still the same on the outside. But an avenger, now the law reversed. Before, the avenger has the right to kill them. But now, the law reversed. That avenger, if I touch him with one finger, the death of the high priest would enforce the law that they not to grab the person in the refuge city, but would grab the avenger, said that the law going to deal with you. That's why when you hear the death of the high priest of our Jesus Christ, that's sung, the jubilee song to you. Now you can go home. It's not a temporary dwelling place anymore. But now you can repossess everything that you have lost. By your self-inflicted mistake, you lost. By your wrongdoing, you lost. You lost your family, you lost your children, you lost your privilege. But by the death of our high priest, Jesus Christ, now everything belongs to you. 
Before the death of the high priest, if you step it out, you're a limitation. You will be killed because you don't have a right. But now, because of the death of the high priest, you, are, you have a perfect right that will step out your boundary because there's no boundary. When the death of the high priest eliminates the boundary. That means you become unlimited. There's no force can limit you anymore. You can claim your children because they belong to you. You can claim your loved one because they belong to you. Because the boundary used to be is limited. The devil is not only can bluff at you, so that you don't have a right for your children, but he had a power to enforce that. But the death of the high priest, when you receive that, that boundary is gone. And the devil can still bluff at you, but he doesn't possess a power anymore. And you can look square to his eye, so that Satan get behind thee. You have no power because the law now enforced that I controls every situation. Though the, 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 the avenger still laid ambush or hot breath, you can still feel that, but he doesn't possess any legal power to do that. But you possess all legal power that you can possess your children. You can get your loved one back. You can get your healing back. You can get your father back. You can get your marriage back. You can get your wife back. You can get everything that rightfully belongs to you back. The death of the high priest changed your position. But it doesn't change your being. You're still the same. All you have to know is just you realize what your status is. You're not a status of a refugee anymore, but you're the queen of heaven. That's what he has said. When you recognize that, Brother Bram said, and that ark is not a denomination, neither is it a good work that you do. It's by one spirit. No matter how good, how bad, whatever, you are in that kingdom by Holy Ghost and baptism. That's the only way you overcome. It's all that is under the shed blood is overcomer. Because you cannot overcome yourself. That means that you cannot overcome yourself. And you cannot overcome by yourself either. And it's he that overcomes for you. You are resting. How will I know then, Brother Brandon, that I'm in there? Watch what kind of a life you're living. Just look around. See if it is just a live it out of you automatically, or do you have to strain and pull? See that you're doing it, but don't try to do it. It's like a little baby, keep trying. Oh, I can't do it, I can do it. And it's just everywhere, he can do it. Neither can you, neither can I. But if we'll just hold still and let him do it, just yield to him. Here, Lord, here I am, just let me be nothing. I Yield. You put my hand in the right place. That's the victory. That's overcoming. The thing you have to overcome is yourself. 
your idea, your thing, and surrender yourself to him. He overcome for you. He knows the way, and we don't. I was contemplating, should I share this or not? I think I'm going to share this with you. During another camp time, and Brother Wayne was coming to the preach, and we all know that was a wonderful, wonderful message that he has to preach. You know, to touch our heart so much. But before that, and they had a skit that was the people. Do you all remember that? And the one of the skit is a city of refuge. And uh, my son, uh, my daughter, and uh, myself, and a different, and we played some character that's in that skit. And uh, it was a very moving skit. And after the skit is over, and I was talking with Brother Tom, and uh, Brother Tom, he said, not only our children, I think our adults need to, to see this too. This is for our adults as well. I said, yes, Brother Tom, I believe that is. And then I started, I go back to the room. I was sitting there. I was sitting under the chair there, and my son was coming to sit beside me. And I can, while I was sitting there, you have a few minutes. And when he was sitting there, and I can see, he bowed his head and started to pray. And uh, it was becoming very serious. And um, I know the Lord is dealing with him. And when he was uh, sitting down there, just, he was just uh, praying, just praying. You know, did you parents feel sometimes you want to do something, but you don't know what to do? You feel, oh, should I lay hands? Or should I, or should, what should I do? It feels that sometimes it, it just feel, Lord, I, I just, it's just out of my hand, out of control. I cannot do anything. And I was thinking, should I lay hands on my son? Should I pray for him? What should I do? But I just, I just don't have, I just can't do anything. And sometimes you feel you're helpless. And I was looking at him. I was just praying. I said, Lord, are you dealing with my son? And then afterward, we all left. And I went to the, the room that I changed the costume, trying to get my beard off and then everything off of me. And after I done that, I walked it out. You know where the room that I changed the costume was at? It was up on the hill there. And I walked it out. As I walked it out, I saw Brother Tom. And Brother Tom was uh, uh, holding a young man. I was talking with the young man instead of praying with him. And I only heard one word. He said, this is nothing different than an Andrew Spencer that in the street on, on the Victoria. I thought, oh, uh, Brother Tom was uh, praying for Jack. I thought that was, uh, I think that was Jack. So I don't want to interrupt. I, I walk it around to Brother Tom and, uh, Brother, and Jack. So I walk it around. I, I go down to the bathroom down the hill and to change my clothes. And when I'm coming back, I look at him. I can, they're still praying there. So I don't want to interrupt. I turn around. I walk it around and go back to the room try to clean it up. And then my wife are, are run in. He said, she said, honey, do you know who that young man is? I said, Jack. And she said, no. She said, that's Abraham. I said, Abraham. And I was just quickly get everything done. I was running out. And this time I saw Michael. And I was just praying. 
And as soon as I walk out, I can feel that the presence. I, I, don't know even, I don't even know what to do. And I was just sitting there. I was a trembling. And then Michael was praying. It was, uh, and I saw my son was calling on God. He was a whipping and a wailing. And he was a calling on God. Abraham had never done that before. Not one time, as I remember. And then while he was praying, and Michael was praying, and I started to, and then praying. And then we called on the God. And then I was, we had a wonderful time in a prayer. And then I was just prayed. I don't even know what I, what I, had a, uh, what, what, what I, I prayed. But that I just know that the presence of a God is, is there. And after we prayed, and, uh, and I, went, I went in. And later on, this is I only know later on, Brother Tom told me. Brother Tom told me, he said, he said I walked down. Uh, walked down to the, the trailer park there. And all the RVs is there to the, the, the people. Some people I asked Brother Tom, said, Brother Tom, what's happening up there? And it was just a feel like a holy hush that are coming to the, the campground. And Brother Tom told me, he said, Murphy, you know what? He said, it's at a time that the Lord is meeting your son. And when I saw that, I said, Lord, how I am thankful. This is not only for other son. But Lord, this is for my own son. And not only that, I sing this is for a purpose. I want to talk to your parents now. And two years ago, you remember Brother Ron was a preacher here. And in January, just before the COVID him, Brother Ron preached at the service, take it at the back. And after the service, I was just uh, so blessed by the service. And I was, I was thinking, maybe I was a stream. I want to archive the one of the service, Brother Ron, in this church. And that's my first time ever archiving Brother Ron's service. I never, I never saw Brother Ron's service at any time. But that's the only time I, I, I feel I want to go to watch his service. So I, I go on the internet. I, uh, that's a January night. I look at a, one of the services that Brother Ron's preached. I don't even know what he preached. I forgot that all of them, but it was two years, two and a half years ago. But in that a preaching, while he was a, a Lord is really touching my heart. And I was a saying that in my heart, Lord, I want to write down what I need. And I mark it down. I make it a whole list of it. And, but I didn't write it, it was just in my heart. I wanted to write it down. And just as I was thinking about that, at the end of the service, Brother Ron walked out from the pulpit and I walked down the aisle and said, why don't you just write to the list? Put all your need is under the paper. Whatever your need is. And I believe God would answer to that. And to me, that is a confirmation. And I started to write it down that a heart desired of mine. And that the first one, I have many of them that list down there. I have the first one. I said, Lord, I want my son believe you with all his heart. I wanted to have the born again experience. I filled with the Holy Ghost. And I completely give himself, surrender himself to serve you. And I write it down there. And I pack it up. I put it in my Bible. 
since then. Day in and day out. That's two and a half years ago. If I will say, I have the best children in the world. I have the best son I can ever ask for. I have the best daughters I can ask for. I have the best son-in-law I can ever ask for. I have the best wife. I'm so thankful every day for the family the Lord to give it to me. I'm thankful to the Lord to give me the son. And he is a wonderful young man. But I have to tell you the truth. I pray for him and I say, Lord, I don't need a good boy. I need a born again boy. I don't need a good young man. Lord, I needed a young man had a passion, has a fervent love the Lord, completely surrender and serve God with all his heart. And since then, I become a desperate. I didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't even tell Brother Tom. I go to my closet. As a Lord, I put that down. I even put that down. And I said, Lord, I don't want one more day delay. I want now. Lord, I'm not commanding you. But Lord, I'm backing you. As a Lord... Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fill my children. I want them to serve you with a passion. Give them a whole stuff unreservedly. Everything to you. More passionable than his death. You know God hear prayer, parents. A single mother too. A single father, a single brother and sister. You might not have your children, but this is for everyone. And I become a desperate. Become a, before my children can become a desperate, I need to become a desperate. I pray, I pray. Do I have an up and down? Yes, I have an up and down. Do I have a discouragement? Yes, I have a discouragement. Do I feel the Lord is going to move today? Yes. But he never moved that another day. But day it in, then day it out, day it in, then day it out. Later on, Brother Tom told me, and my son told me to it. He said, You remember? He said, Dad. He said, I told Brother Tom. He said, Brother Tom, I have the best parents in the world. I have the best family in the world. I have the best church in the world. I have the best ministry in the world. But I feel. I'm like that man looking into the city of refuge from the outside, but hasn't one in there yet. And then I remember just months ago, one night after the service, I think, but it takes your service. And after the service, riding with my son, my son is sitting there. And he didn't get off the car. I said, Dad, he said, I want to talk to you. You have a few minutes more. And he said, Dad, he said, you must be never have up and down. You must never have a 
You don't have a discouragement. Has ever lived such a life? It must have never have a struggle that I have. I was looking at him and said, Abraham, if you only know, if you only know what your dad went through, if you only know, comparisons say that too. If our children only know the struggle that we went through, if our children only know the up and down that we went through, if our children only know some kind of discouragement that we went through, but one thing, we never give up. We never give in. We're pressing on. We keep yielding. We keep surrendering ourselves. We keep saying, God, you still can move. We keep saying to God, Lord, you still hear our prayer. Lord, you're still sitting on the throne. You still control every situation. And after he talked to your brother Tom, and my son talked to me, and just after this, afterward he said, he said, Dad, and now I realize it's not how much I struggle, it's not how much I fight, it's not how much I'm pushing, but it's how much I surrender myself. And God only needs one thing, Dad. Yield yourself. Completely yield and surrender yourself. So, Lord, here I am. I come as I am. I don't possess anything. I don't confess I have ability. Young people, can you see that? It just take yourself and say, Lord, I surrender myself. I yield myself. You might feel shame about your doing you might feel that the things that you've done wrong, you might feel the Lord, why, why I do that. But you know, God never argues with you about your weakness. Bar God only debating with one thing. Would you surrender yourself to me? I can make a scent out of you. I can make it a holy scent out of you. I can make it a wonderful believer out of you. You just yield yourself to me. I will shape you. I will mold you. I will make you all to be. I will make you sit on a throne. I call you the queen of heaven, Esther. It's not how much you yield, how much you struggle, but how much you yield yourself. What is overcome? Everything under the shed blood. When you surrender yourself, when you yield your whole being to him. And then I remembered a little paper that I wrote two years ago. Yet for a vision, it's for a pointed time. But at the end, you shall speak. It will not tarry. It will not lie. It will speak. Though he tarry, waiting for it, it will speak. Parents, you don't need to put in the paper that I do. 
unless the Lord is dealing with you, you want to put that in the paper. But you can put that in the heart of your heart. Say, Lord, vision yet for appointed time. But at an end, it shall speak. You're asking for healing. You're looking for healing. You're praying for that. Vision yet for appointed time. But he will speak. Louis Terry, waiting for it. What is the waiting? Yield yourself to it. Not for something temporary, but yield yourself to that eternal being. That he will finish that. Shall we stand? As the musician come. You have loved ones. You're the one that you prayed for. It's not how much you struggle, but how much you yield yourself to him. Young people and older people alike, and their parents, let me say this to you. The overcomer is the one that can surrender himself completely to him. The thing you have to overcome is yourself, your idea, your things, and surrender yourself to him. He overcomes for you. He knows the way, and we don't. You just said, just let me be nothing. I yield. Lord, you put my hand in the right place. There's no other thing that you can do more than you can surrender yourself to him. Parents, if God can do that to me, isn't that the same God can do that to you? Amen. Just by the sincere heart and desperate, how many parents that I know that has been dedicated to their life? And I'll say you live a life more than I could even imagine. You live the life that you give yourself a consecrated and a constant upholding your children before the Lord. I'll say, yet the vision for appointed a time. Lord, it tarry, but wait for it. It shall speak. Amen. If God can answer me, the same God on the same base, that God can answer you. Let us just bow our head. Would you take your heart just as a tablet, just as a paper, not with your hand, but with your faith, start to writing down that in your heart, say, the Lord, I have this request. Would you lift up your hand, not to me, but just to him, to show that you have something that I marketed down, that in the heart of a heart, and ask the Lord, Lord, if you again answer, Brother Murphy, can deal with his son, Lord. Would you come on my come on the same, come my way, Lord? Do the same thing to me. Do the same thing to my children. Do the same thing to my wife. 
Do the same thing to my husband. Do the same thing to my loved one. Maybe someone who got a cancer case. Do the same thing, Lord. If you can save, how much easier for you to heal? How much easier for you to deliver if you've been bound by Satan day in and day out, a year in and a year out, and the devil without to release you? But I will say, house of hell, give away to the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. We're not to come to the temporary trouble lift. We're not to come to the temporary just to cure. But, Lord, we're coming to the permanent cure. That is our Lord himself. Lord, I believe you are here, Lord. I believe you are here. You want to answer the people's plea. Lord, just take it a simple, simple moment as the word has moved to me years ago. And then I put it down. Lord, I started trotting. I started walking. I started praying and I started pleading. No matter what they're going through, no matter how much up and down, but Lord, you helped me. Not look at it a symptom. But look at that at a promise of a God. Lord, I trust that you have a due to the same thing tonight. To our dear brothers and sisters, to our dear mothers and the fathers, to our dear young people. Lord, if the one that need to surrender themselves, Lord, it's just taking a moment before your presence. And about lifting up their hands and say, Lord, I come as what I am. And fill me with your Holy Ghost. Not just temporarily, but that a person filled me and the living inside of me. So that I will never be the same anymore. Lord, and maybe parents that are asking God for their children. Lord, it made our heart to be like in the little paper. And it put that in each one of the children's name down there. I know they haven't put it down there before. But Lord, tonight, may they put it in the name of just into the heart of their the table. And that they're claiming it and confirm, send the confirmation down, Lord. By the word of God, Lord, that it's just confirming it in their heart. And say to them, I give your children to you. And from today on, Lord, I made it never doubt that he promised, but become a more desperate and never not desperate to unbelieve, but desperate to believe every promise of God is the truth. And it is an amen. And to know what God has a promise, he's obligated to make it his word come to pass. Lord, may we live a life and never look at a symptom, but live a life to believe every word of God is the truth. And believe unto Jesus Christ, and thou and our house shall be saved. Lord, we give you all the glory and thanks to you. Lord, may this be the finished work and everything. It is done, Lord. We thank you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we sing the song I speak in the name of Jesus? You remember that song? Brother Michael, if you can help me to sing that song, please. I speak in the name of Jesus. His name is above all name. 
It's by his name that we're saved. It's by his name that we're healed. It's by his name that our prodigals are coming home. It's by his name, and no matter how dark, they're in the darkest, darkest dungeon. But God can still shine the light in the darkest dungeon and wake the prodigal up and say to them, now it's time to come home. We're not just claiming them in the fellowship hall on the Monday night and to the believer but in the prayer meeting. We're claiming it every day and believing and it is now. It's not in the future. It's not in tomorrow. It's not in the next year. I marked it down. I said, Lord, I don't want a one day delay. I don't want a one month delay. I want it now, right now. Yes, sir. Though he tarry, wait for it. And God never lies. That is the signal together. I speak in the name of Jesus, Michael. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
God is dealing with us. Do you believe it is a here? I know this is a very unusual. I know this is very, maybe it is even out of, out of season. It feels out of, out of time. But I would like to open up the altar for whoever wants to come. Your parents, if you want to pray for your children, I want to invite you to come. Not to pray for your children, but claim for them. But a claim said, the Lord, I believe it. This is my day that you're dealing with me. This is my day. Lord, I'm open up in my heart. Is that a name that I've been putting in my heart? I write it down there. Lord, today, tonight is my night. It is the finished. Young people, if you feel the Lord is dealing with you, you want to surrender your life to the Lord. If you haven't done so, I invite you coming on over. If God is dealing with your heart, if there's an inner heart, something that's speaking in you, I know the time has passed. But who cared about the time? This is the time I believe that God is here and trying to deal with us. I sing that again, Brother Michael. You lead us. The brothers said, if you, if you wanted to come, then and pray for an hour. Dear brothers and sisters, don't let me just pray. You'd open up your mouth. This is your time. I done my part to my children. I haven't finished it. I'm still praying for them. But now it's your time. What about you, parents? What about you, young people? Why? Why? When God is moving, why? I want to ask you. Don't you want to give God a chance? Let it move it in your heart. I don't know your situation. I don't know who's who. But I do believe God is dealing with our people. Why don't you give him a chance? Why well, is he talking to you? Why is he dealing with your heart? Why don't you just open up your heart? You might be in the backsliding situation as the backslider as they can be. You might be pretending before people. You might be pretending before your family. You might be pretending before the preacher. But you can't pretend before the two-edged sword. He didn't sit here trying to deal with you. He's never argued with you how bad you are. He's never argued with you how cold you are. He just argued with you, why don't you come? Why don't you just yield yourself? Why don't you just open up your heart? You said I've done many times. I've done many times to put that name in the list. Paper after paper, list after list. But one time, God, remember, one time, God meet my need. And I believe He will meet your need if you just open up your heart to it. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God. Would you move, Lord? Lord, I know the devil is trying to lie some of them. Either he said you missed your chance, or he said you've done so much. Oh, God, I pray, never let them determine to go out of here without giving a determination. Said the Lord, I surrender myself to you. I yield my heart to you. Lord, I've been hurt many times. Lord, I've been disappointed in many times. 
But Lord, this is the time for our young people to really give themselves and to surrender their whole being to you. So Lord, you hear my cry. Lord, you hear my plea. Lord, I want to have an experience with you, Lord. Not just a dead log and not just a, just a shed a few tears and then go back to saying, but Lord, I'm in business with you. I want my life to be changed. I want myself to be transformed. My whole nature, my desire to be changed. So that a desire for pleasure is being out of me. But desire for you taking position and then a hope being on my heart. Oh, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Oh, God, continually to move, Lord. Lord, you saw your children. Lord, they're coming here, not to man. But Lord, they're coming to you, Lord. Lord, you know my heart. I try to shut the service off. But Lord, I trust it in you. Try to hold it a little longer. I believe it is in you. Try to linger in, Lord. Maybe there's a, some soul just need a one touch from you. And that a one touch from you will mean all the life and death to them, Lord. Or there may be some parents, or all they need is just at one moment. And then, Lord, it's not that a man with a pen and a writing down, but it's a, with the finger of Jesus Christ and dipped that it in his side with his blood said it, it is finished oh god i pray you lord let it be a night that in everything is finished just as you said on the cross said it is finished lord. oh i thank you jesus we commit ourselves to you lord would you just move jesus would you just move lord oh thank you lord thank you lord Lord, you saw the heart of each of your child. Oh, my Lord, my Jesus, my Jesus, would you do a finish the work? Would you do a work that a man cannot do, but only the Lord Jesus can do, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God. He speaks the name of Jesus. Oh, the name of the Bible, name of Lord. Oh, my Jesus. You move, Lord. You move, Lord. Oh, God, circumcise your children, Lord. Circumcise the heart of your children. Oh, Lord, would you make yourself a real to them, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we surrendered ourselves to you. Oh, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender, Lord. We surrendered our whole being to you. Oh, yes. Oh, I surrender all. Yes, Lord. I surrender. 
together.
Amen. Let me read you one quote here. No matter how good, how bad, whatever, you are in that kingdom by Holy Ghost baptism. That's the only way you overcome is all that is under the shed blood. If you ever confess to the before them, then everything is under the shed blood. And they look at you that are pure as they can be. He's not only forgiven you, but he said you never sin in the first place. Because he justified. That doesn't mean forgiven. That means he never see, he see you sin. He said that you never sin in the first place. Is there something that you want to lay aside this morning? Brother Branham said, something that you want to overcome? And you ever tried it so hard? But this morning, or I'll say this night, you're just going to quit trying. You're just going to accept what he did. He already done that. It's a finished work. You accepted it. He said, I want you just to raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to overcome a certain thing that's bothering me. Lord Jesus, you see those hands. Now as your servant, I'm reading his prayer. Stand between the living and dead. I condemn everything that's a father, is a people, and myself. I ask that in Jesus' name, we can leave you laying here on the altar of God and walk away this morning free as overcomers. If our sisters hasn't had a grace before, may it be granted to her now. Lord, if our brother hasn't had the grace, may it be granted now. And may in humility, mother with her children, instead of being arrogant, she knows she's setting, she's a preacher to them little children. Her life is an example. Dad is an example to mother, for he is the head of the house. The mother has been trying to boss him around. She will never do it no more. It's been using her for a floor mat. It will never be done no more. She is a helmet. Granted, Lord, may all these things that hinders us, Lord, be taken away. Do you feel you can just leave now everything, every burden? You can just walk over above it now. If you do, raise up your hand and say, by God's grace, I lay this trial down. I won't fight it anymore. I'm just going to take a hold of his hand, start walking on. You said, I fought Brother Branham. I tried to quit smoking. 
I tried to let my hair grow out. I tried to do this. I done, I've tried so hard, Brother Brandon. I just can't do it. Don't try that anymore. Just take a hold of his hand. Say, Father, you put my hand in the sleeve. I'm just going to give you my hand. I'm going to walk on, Lord, looking to you. He will happen. He will dress you like a real Christian. You will be a real Christian. And that's a that sense of the Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, I have made a declaration. It's not me making it as your prophet has to make that a declaration. Lord, if you are a personal God, which we believe, that is a personal life in this age, I believe that a personal God is to become a personal to each one person that is laid in here at an altar and also standing in their pew or sitting in their pew. Lord, every one of them, Lord, that they heard that declaration from the prophet of a God. And now we're taking the word within our heart and take it as that finished the word and go home and know it is finished. What you have promised and you have done and you will do and you will continually to do. Lord, we believe every word of a God is the truth. That's why we're coming here to declare our faith before you. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit and ascending the peace and the joy and the love for you into each person's heart and go back home and give a thanks and glory to God and know that what Jesus has promised and he has done and he will continue to do. We thank you, Lord. How marvelous you are, Lord. You're a great God. You're a mighty warrior in the battlefield. You never lost one battle. And not this either. We give you all the thanks and glory. And we send out our children. Send your children. And in peace back home. In the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just give thanks to him. What a wonderful work that our Lord has done. Oh, yes, Lord. We give you all the praise. Lord, what amazing grace that you have shown to us. Oh, yes, Lord. So I come to tell you. So, so I come to tell you it's alive.
I'm so sorry I keep you so long. I really don't mean it. But I won't sorry for God meet you. If it ever meets you, you give him a thanks and glory. And live like a victorious believer. And don't ever doubt that experience that he gave it to you. And know that it's the finished work he has done. And you declare it and you claim it. And it is finished. May the Lord bless you. Just whatever the Lord is dealing with you. If you feel you continue to want to pray, just continue to pray. If you need to leave, just leave it quietly. May the Lord be with every one of you. God bless you. He's coming.